Alrighty, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Always His Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony, joined by my friends. It's your boy, Danny. And Nate. And today, guys, we've got a very special guest today. Actually, two very special guests today. These guys are the aces of the cannabis industry. And uh, let them know why, Dan. Look, so today we got Albert and Edgar. They're the aces of the cannabis industry. They co-founded Product of Los Angeles. And uh, they're all over the state, man. And if you go to any shop, they're going to be in there. And they've had tremendous success in the cannabis industry. And today we're going to talk about the highs of them working with people like Burner and his brand of cookies, all the way to the lows of having to deal with some of the hardships of the cannabis industry. So without further ado, help us welcome our guest today, Albert and Edgar. <laughs> what up, up, guys? What's up? What's up? What's up? Pleasure to have you guys on. But before we start, man, obviously we're in a beautiful facility today. So, Albert, tell us a little bit about where we're at and kind of who, who they are. Bro, check this out. We've been blessed with the opportunity to, to be in this space. Uh, this is one of our partners. We've been working with them for just about two, two and a half years since their inception. Uh, this is Culture. They've, they've been around uh, for two and a half years. Their first store was in Long Beach, California. And um, since their inception, they've launched six stores. They're going to be launching one store every other month for the next two years. And uh, yeah, man, uh, they've blessed us by carrying all of our, all of our products at all of their stores. And the cool thing about them and what separates them from any other store is that they're technology focused. So as opposed to walking into a, a, a regular store, which one of the things that they focus on is having a, a big enough floor space to support the, the consumer based in the cities that they're at. Um, so if you want to come in here and you want to talk about cannabis, you want to talk about how your day went with the staff, you can totally do that. Uh, but if you want to come in here and you want to duck everybody and you want to go straight to the kiosk, pick your products out, put them in your shop chopping cart, meet the butt tender at the checkout stand, they'll have everything ready for you and you're out the door, which is kind of like what I like to do. But that's really what separates them, bro. Uh, thank you, culture, so much for allowing us to be here. Thank you. Yeah, big shout out to Culture, man. I know that I've seen a couple different dispensaries, man, and this one by far is like technology-wise, yeah. color-wise. Obviously, you guys can see behind us like all the neon lights and kind of like a it's a cool vibe in here, man. So shout out to Culture, the whole staff, and everyone is really welcoming to us. And uh, if you're ever in the Port of area or if you're not in the Port of area, I encourage you take the drive, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, hour drive, take the drive out here to Culture, and uh, you won't regret it, man. Yeah, dude, it's a, um, I mean. I'll be honest. So some of you guys know, but I used to be in the game many, many years ago. Right? But, uh, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't what it is now. You know what I mean? I wasn't there. <laughs> we were just, we were, do, we were doing what we had to do, man. And even back in the day, if you went to any shops, it's just, it wasn't the same. Like, I mean, you come in here today, and it looks like, uh, fuck, man, like it, it's crazy. Like, I mean, if you guys can see some of the, some of the cubes right there, you can look at the nug, you can see it, um, you can smell it. It's crazy. So uh, let me see if I can reach one for you guys, man. This is we got right here, Grizzly Peak. And look at it, right? So you can pick up the puck. You can like, this guy's this little air pump thing where it kind of like the old school pumps, you know, mm -hmm. if you're that old. You can take a whiff, you know, and it's got a little magnifying glass. So it's, it's crazy. I mean, this, if you're like new or you want to learn about it, uh, like Albert said, man, the, the, the people here, they're super helpful and they, they love to help everybody here. So before we get started, man, you guys have a badass story, first of all, how you guys started. Um, I know that you guys were in the game a little bit, uh, you know, like we were talking about it before. So can, can you guys share with that dude the beginning? Because obviously I feel like, a lot of people at home, 
you see the cannabis industry and like now if you look at it from the outside and looking now it's like a fully developed industry yeah. um but it wasn't always the case like that man it, it it went a long way from turkey bags to now shops like this you know where you got the nice technology mm -hmm. so how did you guys get into it when did you guys break into it um how, how did that, how did that story go down man mm, well i guess the story kind of start, it pretty much starts with me um even though me and Albert started in the same place, I kind of took it to talk about the that. Next, talk about that. The next extreme, pretty much. Um, Albert and I first got introduced to this uh, trap shop, and you know, we, I just heard that you know they're paying six hundred bucks a day, um, a week, and I was gonna get tips, and I was like, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> and so then uh, I told Albert about it. He's like, Well, I don't want to drive, but I'll be security. So he was the security <laughs> of the shop, right? And that's how we got into the industry. Our homie Chris Dork, he, he owns this brand called Los Dabbers. Shout out to Dork. If it wasn't for him, bro, we wouldn't be anywhere in this here. industry. Mm -hmm. So shout out to him. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's how we got. Uh, we started getting our feet wet pretty much, right? And then um, Albert ended up getting deployed into the... Uh, the so I deployed with the U.S. Army in 2015. Uh, I ended up coming back 2015 and I'm catching up with, with Edgar. Uh, over uh, over a bottle of Jack Daniel's honey. Yeah. Mm. And don't Jack ju Daniel's don't honey? judge me, man. I was we're twenty two. Yeah, in the time that he was gone, in the time that he was gone, I traveled the whole country. Um, I pretty I was telling Albert on the way here is like uh you know I was I was a young father I was twenty years old with a kid, and I like I went into this like mindset where like whatever th anything I do. I'm going to do the thing that nobody wants to do in that place, right? Mm. So the shitty job I'm going to do it and I'm going to kill it, and eventually. You know, that kind of mentality, I started doing so much of everything that I was just outworking everybody. And so I started getting moved up in that company um, so much to the point where the boss was like, hey, man, I like the way I like your energy. I like I like the way you talk to people. You're very vocal. And, you know, and I want to take you guys. I want to take you with me to these trade shows. He was building a, a brand at the time. Right. So I'm like, I'm in whatever you need me to do. I didn't give a fuck what it was. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm just doing whatever he wants me to do. If it was uh, picking up his lunch to, uh, hey, I need you to man this whole booth. And anybody who comes in here, yeah, I need you to direct them to me if it's worth it. So I would have to vet people at times. You know what I mean? And, you know, you could you, sometimes you get people that are just trying to just look want around. Free weed. Yeah. And some people some people are down, down to make the next business move. So I, I had to do that. Right. So I did that for the next what you were gone for like about a year and a half, mm -hmm. two years or something like that. And that's what I did. Right. Um, long story short, fast forward, I started seeing money in sales. I wanted to continue to making more to make more money. Right. I'd done all the grunt work. I want to make more money now. You know what I mean? So uh, I wasn't getting enough opportunity there. Ended up leaving from one day to the next. Uh, pitched them the idea of what you guys know is product of Los Angeles today, uh, they didn't think so much, you know, about it. Mm. Uh, that idea, I turned around, pitched it to Albert. Albert wanted to get to work the next day, you know what I mean? So I, over that I was drunk. Jack Daniels, yeah. I was drunk. I was going to say, yeah, was that, <laughs> you pitched right that over the, over, the, over the Jack's <laughs> honey, yeah, yeah. that's funny. <laughs> uh, uh, Everything just, sounds good when you're drunk, man. <laughs> but, 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 bro, I mean, that's, that's where we're at today The best now, decision you know I mean? I've it's, ever made, man. It's, uh, since then, it's been 100 miles per hour, yeah. you know, to the grindstone, pretty much. And it hadn't stopped. Um, and I mean, yeah, I mean, there's so much just to even start with just La Familia. But that's the back end of the story of how we got in. That's awesome, bro. And obviously people see it now, your story now, you know. But t tell people at home, what is Product of Los Angeles? I know it's the parent company to La Familia. Mm -hmm. um, you always got the blackout, cannabis as well. So you got a lot of, lot of different cool products yeah. in there. So tell us what is Product of Los Angeles. So the nitty gritty of it, Product of Los Angeles is a house of brands. And we're the house of La Familia Nahua de Flor, which we consider to be the first Mexican cannabis brands. Uh, really, we're the first of its kind. Uh, but 
since the beginning of it, we, we really didn't even, we, we coined the phrase, the first Mexican cannabis brand two years in, you know, I always look back and, and I always say we're so young, we're 22 and we didn't know nothing about nothing about nothing, bro. <laughs> Uh, when it came time to design our, our, our chocolate bars, which is what we launched with, we didn't even know where to find designers, bro. We didn't even know about Fiverr. You know, we, all we, we, we just Googled this, like, design website called Canva. I'm sure you guys have heard of it. Canva comes good, right. dude. And we became our own designers, bro. And one day we were going to a bar. We were passing by a print shop. We told the dude about our designs, and he was like, I could print it for you. And this dude was our printer, you know what I'm saying? And um, everything that we've built has been from the ground up. Uh, you know, we worked out of Edgar's house for the first two years. Um, and Still live there. <laughs> yeah, I see. I seen a I seen a post on Instagram that you guys had. And it looked like Edgar's uh, oh, yeah, Edgar's living room man yeah, was like yeah, that yeah, yeah. that so Walter White like. Yeah, so I had a two bedroom. I still have a two bedroom, right? Yeah. And uh, when we're starting this, uh, we started just operating the way it was, right? But it started growing, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, I can't. You know, people are gonna come over, and they're just like, what's all this fucking product doing on here? You know, so I built a wall literally down down straight through my house. I had no kitchen. I had no back room anymore. All I lived in was, in, I guess, like a studio, you could say, right? Just a room, restroom, and that was it. Um, the rest was like a kitchen, like obviously where we manufactured everything. And the back room was the packaging distro. Mm-hmm. Uh, HQ. Yeah, okay. pretty much. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> conference and, uh, room. <laughs> yeah, conference room. And it was like that for, what, about two years? The first two years, years, yeah. The first two years we were operating out of my house, bro. And we, you know, we grew it from nothing to... We had about how many stores by the time we moved out of there? About 400 stores. Yeah. That's fucking crazy, dude. So, so like, was your family there, like, at that house already? Well, no. no. Uh, actually, I was living alone. I was single at the time. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, uh, eventually, you know, it's a, it's a duplex, right? My mom lived in the back, actually, right? And my mom, when she first started seeing me do this, she was like, I'm fucking going to jail. No, you can't do this, right? <laughs> and I'm like, ma. I'll pay your bills. And she's like, okay, then fuck it. <laughs> Bro, so the Hispanics moms, you say pay the bills, know, it's, it's over. I know, but my mom, you know, she, she, I love my mom, bro. She ended up telling mom. us, she you ended up I mean? telling us, if you guys get caught, I know nothing about this. Yeah. Because well, I feel like from the outside, <laughs> even to this day, from the outside, you see it like pounds are like just treat or yeah. trim, you know, you're like, because you have like, the, I feel like special older people too, they have like this, um, I guess like the stigma like towards the, the herb, you know. Yeah. So it's I can only imagine a Mexican. The mom government that, like, put a lot of marketing into that, no, bro. And, and, you, know? you know what? And, you, and like that. the whole stigma about Mexican parents. My mom was just like, "Mijo, why are you doing this? You're taking a risk. Like you've already given so many years to. Why don't you just go get a job, uh, get a regular pay, a steady paycheck, you know, where you can take care of your son and all that stuff." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "I I can't, you know. Like I need to run with this. I need to." Talk about and that why though. Like, what, what was like, what what goes into the decision from saying like I can't do it? Because some of the people would already quit a long time yeah. ago before the success mm-hmm. and went back to their well, job. Well, bro. the thing was, I mean, I said it from the beginning, bro. Where I was, I was uh, again. I, I had this idea where I'm gonna do the 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 grunt work, right? It doesn't matter what I'm gonna do because I'm gonna get this money, right? And when I wanted it to evolve with this business that I loved, they capped me. You know what I mean? So. I'm not a person to get capped. Um, give me, give me the tools I need to be successful, and I'll make you guys successful with me. Um, when they capped me, I had a, I, you, you can't, 
fucking you put a, a tiger in a cage he's gonna be pissed off all day long i'm not calling myself a tiger more like a panda maybe you know what i mean but uh or a sloth <laughs> but uh you you uh you know i i just can't be cat bro you know what i mean i, I if i want to get it i want to get it and i was willing to do it for this company but the fact that they were trying to keep me you know under wraps i was like not cool with it um that's my why i guess initially but also when my mom was trying to convince me you know i i feel like that's just her motherly love trying to like uh, almost like put a like a guard trying to protect you she doesn't want to see me in the worst place because how many people start a business and doesn't go anywhere mm. you know what I mean that's where she, I think she was kind of seen and at one point I mean I've even told Albert too that I'm like we we come from parents that cater to us and they they, they provide for us and they because they're, they're it's a noble thing to take care of your family and you mm -hmm. know grow old and that's it right and then the kid grows up to do the exact same thing their kid grows up to do the exact but when when does the when does the chain break you mm -hmm. know what i mean and that chain it needs to be broken somewhere those generational curses that they I talk feel about like mm -hmm. i'm that person to break that chain um same for albert albert was in the same you know my mindset that i was i still remember when he came back from deployment he was just like bro I've gotten, I've gotten so ripped. I don't even, I, you know, I, I have was in the money best shape of my life. Like, I don't know <laughs> Them games that we was talking like, about a second ago. Working out twice a day. <laughs> He's like, I don't know what to do anymore. I'm like, bro, we need to fucking make money. You know what I mean? That's so, always the answer. So that was, uh, that was, you know, th there's, there's different reasons why we did it. And there's so many. I, I, my son too. He's the fucking main one, right? So there's just so many reasons why you can't, you have to do it. So when my mom, was when they were telling me not to do it, there's so many. I had a, a list of things to tell you why I should do it. When uh, when I was I was growing up, you know, we grew up in a single fam or a single single mother household, and uh, I would just, I always tell my mom like, "Mom, I'm gonna be rich one day. I'm gonna be rich one day." And I joined the military behind her back, and uh, I ended up deploying. And my sergeants, they became my best friends, you know. And my sergeant would always say. Valdo, you got to get some life insurance. Valdo, you got to put some money in a 401k. Valdo, Roth RIA. Valdo, you know, always trying to give me game. And I was like, why would I need that if I'm going to become rich one day? Damn. You know? It's real shit. And once, we, once I got back from deployment, um, we started our company. And my sergeants just look at me like, this was really fucking doing this shit. You know, this was really fucking doing this shit. And Sergeant Berg, <laughs> Sergeant <laughs> Berg called me uh, uh, a little bit into it. And he is just like, man, you know, um, I'm really proud of you. I never I never told you this before, but I just want to call you and let you know I'm really proud of you. And uh, that's really cool, man. You know, th those guys really, really, really pushed me. But um, I've always been ambitious, bro. That's the reason why I joined the military. It's the reason why I did 75 hard last year. It's the reason why I'm running the marathon this year. I just had a daughter. You know, she's six Congrats, months, bro. three, four Congrats, months man. old. And that sort of love, I've never felt that before. And, like, I grew up without a lot of things. And I don't want my kids to grow up with that, you know. I don't want them to, to lack anything. My mom always told me, like, when you were a little boy, you wouldn't ask me for nothing. You would just say, Mom, when you have money, can you buy me this? And like, I was like, wow, that's so crazy, bro. I don't want my kids to go through that, you know? Whatever you want, you can have, bro, you know? And uh, my kid is a little bit spoiled right now, but he deserves it, you know? And uh, and uh, it's always me and him, it's always like, all right, what do you want? He wants this, that's going to cost you 30 push-ups. And he's <laughs> like, and the other day, I had a proud dad moment when it was. he told me, and my son's six years old now, he said, 
papi, how can I earn this? Damn. You know, and I was like, damn. You know, I'm making it happen. This doing is what I want. Yep, doing a good yeah. job raising them. <laughs> Dude, and uh, real quick, man, I, I want to touch on it because I feel like you said something really important about what your mom, you know, because like they're when they when you tell them because I went through the same shit. Like you, you tell your mom, you know, you want to go, you want to do certain things, and they look at you, and they're not telling you to not do it because like they're kind of like hating on you or they don't want you to succeed. They're doing it because exactly what you said, yeah. man. they don't want you to get hurt. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes it's easy if you're trying to like, like, um, cause I've talked to some of my friends and they've tried to go out and do their own things. And the first thing they hear is their parents tell them like, Oh, don't do it. Or, Oh, be careful. Oh, maybe not this. Maybe stay in school. Like my mom was like, no, I get that in la escuela. Like just fucking get yeah. you. I'm like, that ain't going to fucking safe do it. Yeah, always safer. a safe, safe route every time. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that sometimes you, you'll hear that a lot. If you're going to go out and break the curse, break the chains, and that you're going to hear that conversation. And I think that it's important to know that it's not coming from like a malicious point of view. Yeah. It's coming from like strictly from the love, love that they it's have. They don't want to protect bro. you. They don't want to, yeah. yeah, they don't want to see you fail. They don't want to see you. Yeah. Because uh, I mean, I, I've heard it before, man. And some people, they do stop, you know, cause you could have been, if there's some people that they hear their parents can you, because you growing up, you hold your parents in such a high regard and you have respect for them, you know, especially mm-hmm. like the, the Mexican household, dude. I mean, your parents are like... Better respect them. You better respect them, you know what I mean? Yeah, you get the fucking... You get the chancla, the I fucking... I didn't grow up in a Mexican household, yeah, but I still got beat Arsenal. Hey, I got beat hey, the Arsenal's too. in the closet. <laughs> so, the gancho. The, hey, man, man. That was the one that hurt. The, you know what? Which one hurt, though? The wire, the fucking... The, the cinto wire. with the little round the metal things on it? Mm. Bruh. Yeah, hey, so... Bro, my parents used whatever <laughs> was, like, available... <laughs> And we got our asses beat as kids. That's what I'm realizing right now. And it's just like I respect it, man. So I feel like sometimes some people in that journey where they're trying to be that person in their family to break the, you know, break the curse and move on to bigger and better things that your family deserves. Sometimes, you know, you kind of clash with your parents, you know, so um, it's important to know that they're coming from like a place of love and not from fucking. But bro, check this out. When I first told my mom that I had a cannabis company, it was maybe like a year into it. And I sat her down and it was a serious talk. You know, I told her, mom, I have this manufacturing facility and we have these products and it's, it's, it's the first Mexican uh, 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 company of its kind. We make uh, abuelita hot chocolate, mazapan, mazapan chocolate, and we employ all these people and we give all these jobs and we're going to make all this money one day. And it was going good, but I had to end it with, you know, but, but it's made with cannabis. And mm. she went pale, bro. Really? And she sort of like kind of like walked into her room and I went home and she didn't speak to me for like three months. Wait, bro. So, so three months. So you had the conversation. And mm-hmm. after that, she just you told her, it's like, hey, it's fucking cannabis. She didn't know how to take it. But then after like she she pulled all her thoughts together and she was just like, you know, that's not what I'm about. Mm. Uh, you're breaking up the family, and I'm like, what? What, what year? What year was this? Purchase? This was probably like 2018, maybe 2017, 20. So we're still getting accepted, but it wasn't fully everywhere. Oh was- yeah, yeah, and and it hurt, bro, and it it hurt a lot, you know. But you know, my mom, my mom, she she's the one who came over here from Mexico. So am I the first generation? I'm the first generation, right? Dude, you know what? Mm-hmm. I never know how that shit works because like <laughs> I think I think that's how that works. You're the I, first yeah, one here, yeah, the yeah. first Yeah, because I don't know, dude, because I've told people like I'm the fucking immigrant. I came here. And people were like came here? I came here, yeah. I got here when I was twelve. Um so I've always asked people that shit. 
But so I'm fucking first. Oh, so I thought that if you're the first I'm born second here, generation. That's what I figured too. Yeah, I thought if you're the first born here, you become the first, and then that's another your parents one of are my like wives, zero, bro. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. know, you know? My mom came from over there to give us a better future, and I think my about my life, and I'm like, I could have lived in fucking Mexico right now. You know, I couldn't have been here right now. But Which wouldn't be that bad, bro. I'm trying to move over there now, bad, bro. You know <laughs> but he said but we could go it, back it, that it, way. It depends, dude, because like if you live in the city, the big cities, just like any other yep, city, yep, but yep. you know, the ranchitos and shit, like that's just different. Yeah, pueblos there, are right? a little harder. Yeah, yeah a little harder out there, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, and, and I feel like too. I feel like uh, well, I feel like a lot of Mexican people do. They have that big, like I don't know what the fuck it was. My mom has like a big old like thing against like weed like she thinks it's like the oh fucking yeah devil it's crap it's the stigma bro yeah. yeah out of mexico it's like if you're a drug addict if you yeah. smoke you know what it's i mean like, like, you drink, like, like drugs drugs out head, there like, you're, tweaker, like you're down mm-hmm. bad mm-hmm. so dude that's crazy oh, and going back to that story what happened with your mom like did you reach out to her again or so there's been times where like we'll be in a, in a dinner and like my brother's sitting right here and she'll be like how's work you know he's he's an electrician he does really good for himself and like that's it Nothing for like me. Nothing for Albert. You know? <laughs> Doesn't even ask Damn. about it. It's like, if I don't ask about or, it. Or like, I'll tell her like, mom, you know, the industry's not going that good. And she's just like, that's what I try to tell Baby. you. <laughs> she's like, this is wrong. Uh, like, I, like, that's because God doesn't like that shit, you know? And I love the reasoning behind it too. And parents like God clearly doesn't want this. You know? Like the family is so upset. I'm like, bro, you talk to the family like, no, it's the, totally cool. When, it's fine. When it's bad times, I just consider it like sacrifice. And I know that, that to have good shit, you got to sacrifice a whole bunch, bro. A lot of people are going to fold during these times. And you just got to be the people that come out on the other side of things. You know what I'm saying? That faith is going to be tested. Mm-hmm. Bro, we time. have blind faith. Mm-hmm. We've learned to have blind faith because so much bad shit happens. Any day could have been our last. And we're still here, bro. Like, we're still fucking here. And it's like by the grace of God, if you would have seen all the stuff that we would have been through, bro, like stores not paying us, people trying to copy our products, um, just still, still, a whole still, bunch still of stuff. So you guys been through a lot of stuff oh. on the come up here. A whole bunch of stuff, bro. So can you guys go into that a little bit? Like, what are some of the things that, well, start like from the difficulties, beginning. Yeah. obstacles, well, people outside busting in? So so when, when I left that company, right, um, that G Farm company, um, I ended up going to another company just to get some money while I'm building my my business, right? Uh-huh. So I'm working at another edible company, right? Cause it's I called didn't TKO. Do edibles for G Farm, but I I started going to this other edible company just so I could learn how another industry runs or another part of the industry runs, right? Um, while I'm doing that, while I'm doing that, uh, you know, I'm telling them I'm building my company on the side, and they're like, oh, okay, cool, 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 but they didn't realize how big we were coming up to. Eventually, they started seeing us in the same next, right next to their product. They're like, "Oh shit! Like he's really doing this." And so they were just, and bro, mind you, I'm working for them from seven in the morning to four in the afternoon. Those hours. Sleeping in the car because my I had a roommate, right? Uh Sleeping in the car, ride home for an hour, and then when I get there, I work in my house from what is it, like six to three in the morning. Go to sleep for two, three hours. Wake up, go to back to work, and it was like that for the first two years, right? No pay, by the way, from our, our no in, company. Damn. Yeah. And so when I'm doing that, um, they start seeing us product on the shelves and stuff like that. And they're like, hey, we want to bring you in on a meeting. And we're like, okay, let me tell my business partner. So I brought in Albert. They said, and, we want to buy your company. Um, they set us down, and they're just like, we want to buy you guys out. And we're like, well, we want to team up. And they're like, no, it's better we just buy you guys out. Trust it will be nice. We'll give you guys royalties for the next two years. 
and then we'll give you $30,000 cash. And then they said, uh, uh, so, uh, dude was like, we'll give you 10 grand now, 20 grand later. They were trying to get you guys to sell out right yeah. then and there too. And to top it off, bro, they wanted us well, to, to sign this non-compete. Yeah. And what a non-compete is for, for those people that don't know is basically saying like, once you sell us this company, you can't go work for another company in the same industry. You can't go start another company in the same industry. You can't go consult for another company for the same industry. And it was like, these people want to get rid of us. They were trying to get you guys out of yeah. the way yeah. for whatever what reason, Because they knew what you guys were doing. They, they saw, saw us as a threat. Going. And like, so we, me and Albert, it's our first business meeting ever. Me and Albert didn't even know how to take the insult because we've never, we're, we're no, we don't know nothing about nothing about nothing, right? So uh, he said, we just taking off. And <laughs> so we're just like, we, we we're, just all, we're all this right. <laughs> let's just go. <laughs> we just looked at each other. We're like, like, and, no. And, and how like, old were no. you guys, dude? Because you're like 23. Oh, you guys are young. And at that point, Point. So at that point, I mean, you're 22, 23, fresh in business. How much revenue were you guys doing at that point monthly? We were doing like 40, 50 a month right there. So, yeah. and that's fucking crazy because like, if you, like, if you know about business and business valuation, like to get offered 30 grand for a business that's producing 40 or 50 K, yeah. that's no. just like we, a we, fucking. We, 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 and we, so we're just like, no, we're, we're, we're good. And we started walking out and they're like, well, if you guys don't want to do it, uh, we'll just copy your brand. Wow. They, they said that shit no, to you guys? No, no, no. Dude smacked the table. He stood up. He said, if you don't want to sell us your company, we're just going to duplicate it. Wow. So we, we leave. We go to our tiny ass, little ass fucking house. What are, <laughs> I what, love the description. We go to our tiny ass. My bad, my bad. That's not what I meant. You know what I meant. So with our fucking back tails within our, in our ass. And, and Edgar knows everything about this company, bro. We know they're, they're raking in half a million a month. And and we're just like they're gonna crush us, bro. And yeah, and they, scary, you know? they ended up coming out with our churro crispy. And our churro crispy, we literally invented it. There's nothing else you can look up. You're never ever gonna find this thing no more. They weren't capping then. Like they, oh, and, they came after us. They came after us, bro. And we said the next chance that we get, we're not gonna come out with a product. We're gonna come out at, with at a this brand. Time, at this time, we're self-employed now. We left. I left the company, obviously. Uh -huh. So self-employed now and we're like still like fuck they, they can take us out whenever they want they have the capability of doing it they have the team they have the money they have the staff they have everything mm -hmm. um so me and albert were just like the only thing we can do is continue working you know what i mean so that's what we did you know and but i'm revengeful and i'm yeah. really really competitive that's how it has to be you though. know like i that because we went through that like that woke me up in the mornings you know that was like that chip on the shoulder that, honey, like, like fueled me so much bro and i told this fool edgar i said when we get the chance bro we're not going to come out with a product to to go after them we're going to come out with a brand and and this company was called tko and they used to have a logo with a tk and an o with a marijuana leaf in it mm -hmm. and i said when the next brand that we come out with has to have an o so we could jack their shit and we came out with blackout and you know we we took their logo and we made it part of ours and uh have you guys ever heard of the term keep your friends close but your enemies closer 100 mm percent. -hmm. never knew what the fuck that meant until this happened bro because uh uh <laughs> everybody was you know edgar was the manager there those were all his friends they were calling him they were saying edgar we made this much money today Edgar, we're going to be come out, come, coming out with this next product. Edgar, we have these problems going on. The last call that we got from them, they said, Edgar, are you guys hiring? 
Was that was that after the meeting or was that before? That the was meeting? way after. Yeah, way oh, it was after. after. So they ended up going out of business. So it so it was TKO. TKO was a brand. Yeah, but, TKO yeah, was, was brand. a brand. They used to make crispies, cookies, and brownies, and they were big at the time, bro. Huge, no huge. Yeah. Fuck, that's big though, bro. Because I feel like you need that, right? Sometimes the business, like the motivational cliche, motivational shit, really only goes so far, right? Like sometimes you got to have that, like. That really beef. like fuck you you know what i mean yeah. or that's what's really gonna fucking wake you up in the morning bro. and they weren't the only ones either bro it was the other company that i worked for too you know they found out who we were at 1.2 when we were bigger now um and they those guys bro i saw them as my mentors because they showed me the ropes right and i looked up to them a lot although they didn't give me the right opportunities that i wanted to do in life I still like I'm like these guys showed me right, mm -hmm. so I still looked up to them in a certain like aspect. You used right? to have some sort of respect for them for doing that. And for then you, uh, you know? they found out who La Familia was, and they were just like, "Bro, come in with us. We want to we want to partner up with you guys." When they, when there was a thousand stores, they were in a thousand stores, you know. Mm -hmm. And at the time, we we're around four hundred, so we're just like, "Fuck, we're about to two X." This sounds yeah. like a good idea. You know what I mean? So we we go in there, and now this this is a different type of meeting where I'm like, "Okay, I love you guys. I see them. I hug them. I." I, bro, I know they're kids. You know what I mean? This is and G4? G4. Yeah, G4. And so then they're just like, so what's your top seller? How'd you come up with this idea? And I'm like, we're telling well, them the, Our chat was the best seller. This and this is doing good. This and that. This is how good. we make it. This, yeah. Oh, this is our strategy. So that's how they did it. They were and so then, and so then we, we, um, they're like, okay, cool. We're, we have a machine to do all that stuff. We get, we're, we're going to meet up in three weeks. In three weeks, bro, they dropped Malaverde, their first their their version of of uh and they were cuban bro so that's what it was they were keeping you close just because they knew yeah. they wanted that piece that yeah. pie that you guys were getting and then, into and so now we have g form on our ass and they're even bigger than tko so you feel like it was more personal for them because you were yeah, on their team so. and then they so. see you doing their own but the thing? thing is bro i never wanted to leave them like, like i said in the beginning if you let me go if don't cap take me, the own event yeah don't cap me because i'll go hard as fuck for you well they're trying but to they marginalize you too they cap me push you and, in your own place and so i'm like i had to leave you know it's not like I wanted to diss them, it's, and I never did. They were they were doing uh, pre-rolls, they were doing vape pens, all types of stuff. They weren't doing what I was doing. So I even stayed away from their genre of the industry. But you and know, they were Cuban, bro. And they were Cuban. They're not Mexican. So they, so. they launched a Mexican-inspired yeah. brand. You know what I'm saying? Fucking yeah, so then, my so flavors. Then that, and then, again, same, same calls again. I, I, I know the people that are in there. They start telling us a bunch of stuff. Uh, they ended up getting... Rated, I believe, for some stuff that they were doing. Um, they I heard that G Farm though, they got in some because they, they were a big brand. So yeah. like huge before, because like back in the cannabis game, like there was no fucking brands. And like Cookies was one of the first bangs, but G Farm too. You started hearing their name a yeah. lot. Mm -hmm. But I heard that they got into some. They were doing some shit. I yeah. don't know what happened, but I saw it was like some legal shit. Yeah. yeah but yeah. you never really know why they target you, bro. And we've been. It's like I I relate business so much with war. Like so many fucking shots have been fired our way. But we've from never, other brands? From other brands, bro. And we've never fired the first shot. You so do you feel saying? like this industry in particular is very competitive to the it's, point where they'll throw well, dirt well, on burn, each other? Burner has that one song, El, Ch El Chivo. Or what, he, 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 El Chivo? Uh, El Burner, right? Yeah, the goat. And, he, and in, the, in the thing he says, he talks about being in a weed war. And it's, this is what it is, bro. It's a weed war right mm -hmm. now. You know what I mean? And that's like when I when I heard that when I heard that that bar or whatever, I was like, it's a fucking weed war. Well, because before it was growers, now yeah. it's companies yeah. that are battling for it. But we're capped, bro. We're capped to the state. It's not like we can't sell to Nevada. We can't sell to we can't sell to any other state. We can only sell to X amount of stores, and there's limited amount of space here, bro. Look at the space for extracts. Look at the space for pre rolls. Look at the space for edibles. They can't have all the edibles in the game. They got to pick and choose, and they're going to pick and choose the best ones, but the best ones are the ones that get targeted. That's you know how it is, yeah. And, and, and this is the cost 
this is the cost that we pay to be who we are you know it, it costed us so much to be here bro there's there's like a handful of other uh mexican sort of cannabis brands in this game and not to knock them bro more power to them but a lot of them have taken a little piece of 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 who we are you know there's a brand out there trying to use our name they're saying like reserva de la familia uh, there's a, a brand out there using one of our old logos. There's a brand out there having the same sort of motto that we have. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, okay, bro, can you make it more obvious? She has definitely led the way then. Yeah, we're, 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 we're the pioneers, bro. We're the first and, and, of it. And in a way, it's kind of cool, too, seeing the Latino market grow, you know? Because but, of you guys, but too. But still, make it a little different, you know, too. You know what I mean? Like, Don't bite just off the style Literally, bro, a there's, there's yeah, a brand bro. out there with our old logo that we started with. The exact same logo. Mm -hmm. And I can't, like, I see it, I'm like, bro, what the fuck? That's fucking like, So is it imitation man. flattery or is it annoyance? Then? It's more not annoyance? fucking flattery, bro. Yeah, not at all? It's fucking war. It's, it's fucking war. You know what I'm saying? Like it's because we look back and we're like, damn, you remember? And now somebody else is fucking rocking it. It's like, like we went through this when we first started, you know. Yeah. And now the the like we're we're not down here no more, bro. We're we're and not to toot our horns, bro. We're not. I I look at us and we're just like two regular dudes, bro. You know, we're the same dudes that started <laughs> this shit. You know, but that wave got Nothing's bigger. Changed, huh? bro. But people perceive us as like so big so great so this and we are but like pfft, you guys want war <laughs> man and i can attest to that bro i know whenever we first we, we met albert first at a business conference but yeah uh, me and edgar as well man like you guys are two normalized guys and like, we can shoot this shit all day long but when it comes down to business man talking to you guys about business and all that you guys have and kind of the strategies you guys use as well man you can definitely tell that you guys have been through war as you call it you yeah. know but i really want to ask you guys too something i've been curious about is like for that competition, obviously competition in cannabis is huge, man. Like you said, mm -hmm. there's people that are even taking your exact fucking logos, your brand and mm -hmm. everything. So tell some people at home, man, where if they're going through the same thing where there's a lot of competition, whatever industry they're in, how can they separate themselves and really pull themselves apart? Well, we talked about it on the way here too, right? Albert, Albert likes com competition, right? I, it's not that I'm like I stray away from it. If somebody comes at me challenging me personally, what's up, right? Take but that smoke. For me personally, also I I like to focus on my own pasture. You know what I mean? Uh, if I'm my my grass ain't green, I need to focus on how to make it green. Not like it's someone else's yeah, grass. Yeah, like how oh, the fuck are we doing it? Like no, that's not the way we're. So I mean that's my way of attacking this. Uh, again, we do two different things in our in our own company. We're two different people. You know yeah, what I mean? we're launching. We're launching. We're launching. All for, we're we're pressing that button, you know. Applying what I'm that pressure. We're applying that pressure yeah. all day, so, bro. So we're I'm, finding out what stores they're at. We're finding out what marketing strategies they're using. We're finding out how oh, much money they're, doing they're the making. Work to work. We're finding Damn. out who works for them. We're finding out how we can find an angle to to beat them. We're we're strategizing every day to beat you, and we're working with other partnerships, other stores, we're working with other brands and we're finding other brands in your category and we're coming for it all. We want all your market share. We want everything. If you want to war with us, you got it, baby. This is what we do. Bro, that's so badass because I feel like it's pretty cool. People at home can probably see that as well, right? Like there's two different point of views and you both need them. So I feel like the point of view from Albert, right, is you need it, right? You have to have that aggressiveness where 
you want to take over. And then you also have to have the, the point of view of Edgar, right? Where mm. it's like, hey, I also need to focus on my own because I feel like a big thing in business is it's super easy to get caught up on what your neighbors are doing too, mm. right? Where you see them doing, they might launch a new brand that maybe you're like, oh, fuck, maybe we should do the same thing. But at the end of the day, man, you guys have your bread and butter. Mm. If you focus on your bread and butter while taking over everything, that's probably why you guys have so much success. A lot of it is perception, bro. A lot of it is people thinking a certain way about you and you thinking a certain way about them. You know what I'm saying? But the cool thing about me and Ed is not it's not just me and him, you know? It's like we got two other partners in the, at the executive level and these guys are fucking beast. Like, be, like if you think... They have the business experience we lacked. You like, know what I mean? These guys have been through recession. What, what, what we've guys, learned is from them, you know? So, so everybody brings something different to the table. Everybody has that, something bro, different, completely not only different that, bro, to the, the table. The people we have working for us are monsters as well everything i learn i pass down to them so every single level i don't in that culture basically i don't hide anything from them i want them to be as, as successful as i'm ever gonna be one day you know and if any opportunity comes up for them i want them to do whatever they can do to be more successful but at the same time if you stay with me i'm gonna give you all these golden nuggets that i'm learning along the way we have and a that's what I feel like we I'm have doing. a big hustle culture so we're big on who, who can work the hardest. We're big on who can get the most accounts. We're big on who's the best. Make that know? healthy competition. It's not like we don't hate on each other. It's like, oh, damn, that will beat me this time, you know? Ain't going to happen like, again. Ain't going to happen again, ain't you gonna know? Ain't going to happen again. Uh, as, as working as manufacturers, we get to work with sometimes other manufacturers in our same facility. Like the facility right now we have, I want to say, is like 50,000 square feet. You know, we probably have like 10,000 square feet in there, but we work with other manufacturers. And like, if you compare our team to, to the rest of the teams, like we're the first ones in and we're the last ones out, bro. You know, we show up when there's nobody there and we leave when there's nobody there. How do you build that though, bro? Because obviously that's not easy to build. You leave. You leave. You leave. You yeah. Leave. So, so you show. I, I'm, I'm still to this day work around a, a, a easy day is, is uh, 10 hours, 12 hours. Easy day, right? If I go home after eight hours, I'm like, damn, there was nothing to do today, pretty much, right? But um, yeah, I'm still doing long ass hours. And when it, when it gets real busy, I'm right next to my employees, work hustling with them. I don't consider myself. I I'm an owner. I'm an owner. I'm a founder or whatever. Call me, call me whatever you want. But if my employees are like, hey man, there's a lot of work. I'm in there with them, bro. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I'm still young. I'm like, what am I gonna do behind a fucking desk? Uh, or in the and I do a lot of R and D, so I'm creating a lot of pro new products. I could be in the lab creating new products, but you know, the way the market's turning, that's not what I'm supposed to be doing right now. Why, why come up with new products that are not going to sell, especially if, you know, if they're, you got to focus on what's... what's Statistic came out not so long ago so, by headset. So I'm, 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 you know, still humble at the end of the day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in there and work with these guys. And when they see that, they, they like it. You know what I mean? Sometimes you go to other companies and you see a boss just uh, cracking that whip. I'm not about that, bro. And then a lot of times they, they appreciate that, so... I feel like that's what it is. To caveat to that, though, uh, uh, there's a statistic that came out maybe about three weeks ago by Headset. Headset is like an industry leader in data. Um, if you come out with a product, the chances of it going to the next year are 17%. Mm -hmm. So if you decide to come out with a product right now, the chances of you making it to next year are 17%. So we've been around for seven years, bro. That's big, bro, because I feel like... Leading from the front is something that not a lot of leaders do, right? Like you guys are saying, you know, like, especially knowing your numbers on the back end too, knowing that 17% products only make it to the next year, that's important, bro, because you can only, you can allow yourself to focus on the products that you do have, man. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. that's big, bro, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's, you know, it's funny, going to the leader from the front thing, dude, it, it, you know, you were asking me, like, hey, like, how the fuck are you out about all that? And then you still, you know, you wake up and you fucking go. Yeah. That's <laughs> why, bro, because you got to fucking, it's like, you can't have a gold standard in business. 
you can't expect the standard if you don't even set the standard yeah. yourself. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So that's cool, dude. That's huge. I know that. Fuck, man. Nah, you guys inspire me, bro. I'm just like, how the hell? <laughs> how the hell are these guys working so hard? It's like you, you know? said, bro, the fucking rain and the bang. What should we do for the fucking <laughs> rain? Show, so which one's better, bro? Rain or bang? I'll be honest with you, bro. Bang, thousand percent. Bang all day, right? Yeah, I'm a bang. <laughs> bro, neither. Gives me that. Those Celsius, stick with the Celsius, bro. Celsius You're doing it right. Like it's ch- chilling. Yeah. yeah, I don't want too much. Like, yeah. if I need some pre work, I'm going to take some pre, but if I'm chilling, I got to chill with it. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, though. Bang, you get that fucking. That shit unleashes you, bro. Yeah. Celsius, bro, you get a smooth bang. little high. I've yeah. never, bro, I've never got like hella crazy off bang before. Like, never. I don't get a pump or nothing off that. It's because you're buff, bro. That's, is, that, is that what it is? Probably do like the hardcore shit. I'm one of those people in the back. I'm all snorting my pre workout and shit. I gotta get those pump in though. Gotta get that pump. <laughs> you know, you guys said you guys have a shit ton of competition, and the cannabis industry. I think it's one of the industries, dude, where it's fuck. I mean, it's probably one of the most competitive outside mm-hmm. in the world. You know, um, out of all the industries. I know Anthony said that. You know, what do you guys do to separate yourselves? But I think it's really interesting how. I mean, I don't know how the idea came up. You know, targeting like the Mexican flavors, and like looking back at it, someone's like, "Fuck, like, why wouldn't you do that?" You know. But at the time, it was fucking. It was really was revolutionary. It was scary. Nobody was fucking doing it. Dude. Nobody was well, doing it. Well, that's when uh when I when I go back to my experience, bro. Um, I was traveling to different states that were becoming legalized, right? And so I'm seeing all these brands, and um. I watched a uh, I watched this video from Tim Ferriss. I don't know if you guys know who that is, but Tim Ferriss says uh, if you're gonna sell something, sell something that you love, because if you honestly love it, then there's a million people out there that love the same thing, and a million dollars you can get a dollar from each one of them, and now you have a million dollars, right? And so it was something along the lines of that, right? So I'm like, what do I love? What do I love? What do I love? I love my culture. I love my culture, right? I love my culture. I love love horchata. I love Mexican women. I I I love both those things too, actually. You're Mexican, obviously, right? But, (laughs) you know, like I I love love our our food. I love our, you know, everything. Even the, 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 what is it? The structures that we have in Mexico. I love everything about my culture. And I'm like, that's what I need to make. I need to make something that's Latino. It's cause especially because I wasn't seeing it, and then you go to the stores and there's just like lemonades, there's brownies, there's dark chocolate, uh, milk chocolate stuff, and you know like, the basic. The, my where the fuck is the horchatas? You know what I mean? I want to thank the, you guys for that too. Cause I fucking love crema chocolates. You know what I mean? And that's that's where I was like, that's that's what. That's I'm what do. set us aside since the beginning, bro. That's, that's what, what gave us the leg up, dude. It's so crazy. I just watched a video, but I didn't read the fucking book. But there's a book on it. I think it was like Patrick. You guys know Patrick David. Yeah, your next 15 moves. Yeah. So well, that one. I was like, I haven't read that one either. But he there's like another book that he talks about um, where he talks about like the blue ocean oh so yeah essentially the blue ocean is we created it you create the blue ocean yeah because in the the red ocean is the fucking brownies the regular shit the fucking tree and all that shit i mean there's like you can like unless you know shit the, you know the weed game it's you all the same you tell, it's all the fucking same mm-hmm. but going towards like that mexican angle dude you get you guys did fucking create the blue ocean mm-hmm. which is like why when the big companies got wind of it they're like fuck like we gotta fucking they wanted to swim in it they wanted to beat them to that race so that's so crazy man you guys literally pioneered the fucking way and then you have all these copycats that are coming up you know yeah and but it's like it's kind of like a good and a it bad it comes thing. with the territory it comes, man it comes yeah. Territory, yeah you know we're ready for it you guys are taking all the years are hacking away and you know mm-hmm. taking all the pain and then you know all these people get to come in from the back dude but that's that's fucking cool bro because when i when i uh when we first started like when we talked about it right and then we did a little more research and i'm like fuck we gotta have albert on the podcast i was like dude that's so crazy like they're the first fucking Mexican brand. Like, that's fucking, <laughs> that's fucking crazy, dude. And what's crazier, bro, it's like, we've been to, like, all these industry events, bro, and, and, and we've been to all these meetings now, you know? And we've always been the brown people in the room. 
Mm. And the and, youngest. And we've always been the youngest. That's real shit. You know, and we you go to Hall of Flowers, bro. We're we're an outlier. We're an outlier, man. And and in this industry, people see that as a weakness. You know, people want to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's more of you guys' strengths too, especially being out here in California too. Oh yeah, with oh, the majority of people being Hispanic out here too, I feel like you guys really did like hammer to nail that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when you guys talk about like the flavors and stuff that you guys did, uh, who comes up with the ideas of these? You guys bounce off each other? Or is purely you? Me, but he's my main tester. I'm the approver. Okay, so you got the good. You have the best job. <laughs> yeah. Then you get to try everything out. Yeah. Like, flavor, I want that job. That's the job I want. I want to try bro, it out. Some flavors, I'm like, man, I hate this flavor. He's like, I love it. I'm Someone's like, gonna like this one. Like, it's because I do the sales, so I cannot sell anything I don't like, bro. I feel like a liar. Like, cause then you're like, oh well, yeah, this but, is but my I, favorite. I, I cook, I cook all the time, bro. <laughs> Every day, I'm I'm at the house cooking. I don't let my girl cook, bro. I'm the cook. Oh, oh so you know, you're like, nah, nah. Let I'm me the, I'm handle the chef, this. Bro. Uh, for his son's baby shower, I catered the whole thing. I've always done that since high school. Damn. I've always grilled. I've always had people over. I cook, bro. I can do a fucking meal for everybody. Dude, I was just bro. So we're doing the barbecue. We need a barbecue now. This is what's happening. Go to good barbecue. You're the guy. Yeah, bro. I'm the guy. I'm the guy behind the grill. Pull up next Super Bowl. Pull up next Canelo fight. Anything, bro. UFC fights. I'm I'm in it. You know what I mean. So so when it comes down to making any kind of, you know what I I still remember back in the day when we're in the working at the trap shop. You try these edibles and you you take a bite of this brownie, right? And it's like you're biting into a nug. Tastes like weed. Yeah. yeah too much. Like, too strong. So yeah, hate, they don't and, and one thing about it. Latinos is we have great food. Everybody loves our food. Hundred percent. You know what I mean. So um, you got to make that food taste good. That's why Agua de Flor. Blackout and La Familia are great introductory products, and you could go find them at any culture location. They got six locations all over California, drop Long it, Beach, Banning, Moreno Valley, Jerupa Valley, Porterville, Pula. It's Harupa, way. It's Harupa? I thought it was Jerupa. <laughs> Hey, that was, a, that was a smooth fucking plug. They're just going to have to go check it out for themselves, man. You can find our <laughs> products for any, from anywhere from like $10, $12, $11, $13. Uh, don't forget, you're going to have to have the state taxes. Uh, all of our stuff is tested. It's labeled on there. And it's very easy to consume. Uh, and then we have this sort of internal thing. Don't tell nobody if I told you, but you have a bad experience. Head us up. We'll send you a little gift. But yeah, hit us up on Instagram. Mm-hmm. We're manning it, literally. <laughs> uh, the Abuelita Hot Chocolate chocolate is really good. It's one of our best sellers, um, as well as the Fresas con Crema, one of our hottest sellers. We use real strawberries. They're freeze-dried strawberries. Um, I still remember I would buy, like, little bags from Target to, like, mix in our into our chocolate. Now I'm buying, like, what, 300-pound boxes, and you got to buy those at... Six thousand pound pallets, you know what I mean? I never thought my like, why wouldn't spend six why might I spend six grand on f- strawberries, you know what I mean? And now I'm, I have to do it. Uh same for our mazapan. We used to go to the store and, and uh get the mazapans, open them up, put them in the blender, put them in our chocolate. Now, now we mazapan, work. you know, we get mazapan straight from them or whatever, and it's all broken up in bags already. So we have we don't have to do all that, you know, extra labor. We just add it into our chocolates. That one's really good too. But I was the first two are hottest flavors on the chocolates. Our drinks are really uplifting. So yeah. like you're gonna get like an uppity happy high, like that sativa feeling. Yeah, like kind a of. sativa mm-hmm. feel. Don't get me wrong. You drink a hundred milligrams. That's indica, bro. That's just gonna put you <laughs> that out. That shit gonna hit <laughs> you. That's just gonna put you out. Night night time. Hey, nobody suggested drink the whole thing. 
Uh, but our bottles and our beverages are some of the best priced beverages on the market right now. Uh, we're actually top five beverages in the state. Um, and we have anything from aguas frescas that are going to range from your horchata, your, your fresa, uh, limonada pepino. And then we have blackout. Blackout's our line of uh, lemonade. So we have blurberry, lemon days, and guavalicious. Uh, have you guys ever heard of Calypso Lemonades? Yeah. Oh, those are fire. Yeah. So, so that was the inspiration. That the was Calypso. the inspiration. Yeah. The blue one? Fire. Mm-hmm. Bro, that's you need to try our Gua- yeah. You need to try our Bro, I'm. Damn. Uh, yeah, I'm going our to. with some tequila, man. I'm about to buy you guys a whole fucking set up. I'm hungry. <laughs> with, the, with the whole cannabis shit, obviously, you guys are said you probably should test it and stuff. How far along, like, is the FDA involved in this shit, or how, how does not that, yet? Or is it through the I, state we do deal with we body? do we do deal with the health department, yeah. uh, the food, the, like they they uh what CD, is it um, CDTFA? Yeah, so they they come in they come into our facility and they they check all our stuff, our ingredients and all that stuff. I have to deal with it. I was so fucking nervous when they first came the first <laughs> That's time. Okay. Hey, when the state, I'm the like state I'm, a, I'm a, at the first time they came over, I was 27. So I'm and they're they're federal agents, so they they want to shut your ass down for doing some bad shit. They'll they'll do it, you know. Quick too. So I'm right there like 27. Seven-year-old kid from the ghetto, like, how? I, what do you want to know? I'll show you. Like, I'm doing everything by the book, you know. <laughs> what I mean? Just trying to, you know, give like I'm trying to get it over with. But yeah, man, it's it's cool that they do come in because they make sure that they're taking care of the industry. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? The people, and at yeah. the same time, once when they pass. I feel great about my product even more so, you know, so you know, it's there, yeah. you know, it hits. Yeah, not only that, hours. they tell us we have one of the best facilities. Yeah. They've ever oh, yeah, been they, to. they came in, they came in there like, Ben, you guys have everything in order. We like it. Uh, do fix this. But, you know, for, besides that, you guys are good. You know what I mean? And, and um, so they come in. Uh, they, they've done that a couple of times already. So. How often do they uh, check in on your guys' facilities? You know what? The industry in the state is so big, bro. Uh, they don't. They, I don't think they're. They have that many. Uh, what is it? Uh, people Agents? to go. Yeah, to go around and to everybody like gotcha. constantly. But they could hit you up whenever they want, bro. Kind of random. Better, basically, and you better yeah. be ready for it, you know, because they, they don't play, and you they should they, as as they should because uh, this industry. I mean, it takes a lot for you to get to where we've gotten to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you better not be cutting corners because they will catch your ass. You know, yeah. and so that's what we take pride in our facility as well too. And our employees, our all our employees are on game too. You know, everybody's trained up and ready to go. So even if I'm not there, I got some. You know me taking care of. I got some of, yeah. badass guys on the on the floor. You know what I mean? That will take care of my shit. So mm-hmm. that's so dude. And for the real quick for the testing stuff, um, for the people that don't know, how, how do the, how does it, how do the products get tested? And what are they testing for? So they test for all types of things. So um, we, we every time we turn in a new batch, um, they come in and they they uh, pit, the lab comes in and the lab is like somebody that's not okay, they, can, they can't own they can't own a distro they can't own anything else they're yeah. they're solely a lab. Is it so they have is no it interest state funded in, or is it, is it third party? Not necessarily funded, but it's state approved. Mm. So they they have that no skin sense. in the game with helping your ass out because they'll they'll get in trouble. You know what I mean? So when they come in. Um, and our guy's cool. I mean, we, we've known him for years already now so that he's just, whatever. but they come in, they say, what products are being done? You do all the paperwork with them. They go in, handpick the products from the batch mm. and we, you know, they're handpicking whatever they want. They take it, they put it in their briefcase, they take it away. They test for heavy metals. They test for pesticides. They test for, uh, water activity. They test for a bunch of stuff, right? Plethora of things. Yeah. Um, and then they also test for your potency, which is the most important thing. That, I mean, everything's important, but we're always trying to get that marker because it's a formula to this stuff. And at first, back in the day, we used to just be like, how do you fucking dose this shit out? You know what I mean? Because um, you used to, back, back in the day, there's products that were 1,000 milligrams, but you, 
eat it and you're not well i mean a thousand milligrams what's your point of putting that much you're getting fucked up right uh-huh. but if now we, we come down to just making a, a little square that's just 10 milligrams your math has to be on point you know what i mean so there's a formula to it and uh anybody who doesn't have their formula you got to get on that shit you know because mm-hmm. they're going to test it and they're going to expose you for what you're selling to the market and it took us a couple tries bro there's times when we're putting out stuff that was at eight milligrams and we're just like how the fuck do we get this right um now we're pretty good we're pretty accurate at it it's better um, to test low than to test high, though, because you have a 10% margin of error. Mm. So if you te- test above it, you got to destroy the whole badge. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. Do you, who do you, do you guys consult anybody when it comes to the formulas of this stuff? Or do you yeah. guys do it yourself? We figured it so out. So you guys do everything by yourself all the way down the Instagram. Everything. So, so what you'll see in this industry is like, for example, I'm somebody that wants to start a brand. I'll work with a manufacturer to make my gummies or my drinks. I'll work with a sales company to sell my product. And then I'll work with a distributor to, to distribute my stuff. We do, we do all that in-house from the extraction to the manufacturing to the sales and the distribution. We do all of that. We take care of all this. And we're, make, we're making sure that we're employing all of our people, all of our gente. Uh, and, and that's kind of like what allows us to have a better pulse on this market. You know what I'm saying? We're not just here for the money. We're here for the long run. We're, 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 we're here to see this uh, uh, to, to who knows when, man. Federal legalization, we're ready for that. We're ready for everything that's coming our way, bro. Do, do you think on the topic of that, dude, I know I remember when that Circle K's and I started carrying, you know, the, oh, yeah. the, the cannabis. Mm-hmm. Well, that how, was big. How, that was fucking huge, dude. How, how far do you think that the, the federal stamp is, is like, well, how far we it think It always that is? depends, bro. It depends on who's in office, you know? Mm-hmm. It depends who's pushing the agenda. But, man, it's just... Ah, it's, it seems like everything is already scripted. It seems like all these taxes are scripted. It seems like they want to force these small companies out of the way so the big companies big, can yeah. come and eat it all up, bro. Dude, when you say that all these taxes are scripted, like, what, what do you mean by that? Like, what do you mean that the like, taxes are scripted? The industry is set up for you to fail. Mm. Like the market is set up for you to fail, whether it's competition, taxes, city, landlord, uh, just all these excessive shit and then you have the black market thriving you know what I'm saying then you have some stores opening up down the street that are not even really supposed to be there they get to skip and past it's like all we the got yeah. all sorts doing of, it the right way yeah we got all these things like uh, against us right now and like to top it off the government's not with this the government just wants their, their piece of the pie mm-hmm. you know and they're not pushing this forward but I would say it's probably like anywhere from like three to five years out hopefully pray to God because Right now, unfortunately, the stores have all the leverage. They're they're only allowing you to deliver between nine to five p.m. You know, and that only that caps you. You can only deliver X amount of stores. But we have twice as many stores to deliver. So now, guess what? We gotta get two drivers. We gotta get two vans. Mm-hmm. So it, it like puts a bigger strain on us. But we know when federal legalization hits, we're not able to ship product direct to consumer. We know that's going to change. Ready for huh? Because mm-hmm. right now, I mean, you still can't even pay with card because it's not federally. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's, mm-hmm. like, that's, like a, that's like a big deal, and, dude, and everything. And, and that makes it even more dangerous, bro. It's, it's like a, it's a, bank, a banking act is what they're looking for because this is an all-cash industry, which these stores are getting broken into like a few right. times a week, bro. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the thing is, like all these licenses are public information. You could literally go, I'm not going to say where, but you could go online and you could download all the licenses where they're at, the owner's name, email address, location, and there you go. There you There's have a it. Whole you have a list of all the stores. And you know the LA, the LA street life, they don't play it, you know what I mean? So, Bro, they, for real, especially depending mm-hmm. on what part you're on, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy, dude. Yeah, I know. Um, 
this was many years ago, but when I was kind of like in the game, you know, the, it was like the shops were a little bit new. Um, I used to have this client. I used to have this client, right? We went a couple packs. And I remember he would tell me stories, dude, where like sometimes, because they're back, like way, way, way back in the day, you didn't really have like companies coming up and dropping shit off to you. Know? It was just no, like people yeah. you knew, the yeah, fucking growers, yeah. you know, you had your plugs. And he would tell me, he's like, bro, like I've gotten fucking stuck up, like just. With oh, the yeah. guy pulling up and pulling out the fucking bag, and you just get fucking robbed, you know? Mm-hmm. And some of not even for the cash, you know, it's for the product, but it's always been, that's always been like a big thing in the industry, you know, with the safety. So mm-hmm. what do you guys do with your drivers? Like, is it like, how, how is it we now? Have protocols. Has it improved a lot? Or? We have protocols, bro. Yeah. We have protocols. We have a driver that leaves for NorCal, and uh, to get to his hotel, he has to do certain things, whether it's driver on the block, uh, make sure nobody's following you, have a safe in the vehicle, like all these sorts uh, of things, we're in contact with the hotels, we're in contact with wherever we're staying at, we have cameras inside the vehicle, there, there was just all these Damn, things. To everything's, the uh, everything's on a schedule, yeah, mm-hmm. so when we don't get an update, we know something's wrong. It's like Driver's a Brinks fucking truck. hitting and, me up, letting me to, know what's like, going when on. When you talk about people getting stuck up, bro, when we're operating out of my house, um, I think we had first... We had gotten a good amount of money, right? Yeah. It was, and it was money that we've never... The first big bunch we ever yeah, had. Bro. The Huge, first right? one, huh? And so... Uh, and it, 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 it was all cash. It was all fucking cash. Barely fit in the safe. Yeah. So you can't even like. We used to keep everything in a shoebox, and then we moved up. To I'm the about to say, like you, you skip past the shoebox money. Bro, we ain't got no more shoeboxes so left. So we, we had a good amount of money. Bro. Under the bed is filled. I don't want to say how much it was, but we had a good amount of money, and then we all got invited to uh, my one of my cousin's uh, baby shower. She used to work for us, right? So you know, a lot of times you, it's so it's always an inside job, right? And so I guess everybody knew when we we're gonna be out. Oh fuck! Uh, we all leave. Um, next day I come back, and then I. I go into the back room where the packaging area is at, where the safe is at, and I'm walking by, and then I just, like, I pass by the area, and I, I go and do my thing, and I just think, I'm like, what the fuck? I look back, and I look, and it's not there, and I'm, like, waving my hand through the area. I've never been in disbelief. I wave my hand through, I kick my fucking foot through there. It's gone, and I'm like, no fucking ways. I call Albert, I'm like, the safe is fucking gone. I call everybody, I'm like, the safe is gone. And, and bro, it was the... <sighs> it sucked, bro. bro. It sucked bro. because before we even took any pay from that, like at the at that point, we're, we're probably still not getting paid. And uh, we opened up that safe to, to, to give people their rent money, to let people borrow money before we even got paid. So it just sucked. And it was just like, we don't know who did this. You know, we don't know. And it's like... You don't know who to trust, mm-hmm. you know, and it just, it's, that shit hurts so bad, bro. What goes through your head at that point, bro? Like, what does a conversation look like? Because obviously, if that happens to most people, most people get their their, their savings, right, for the mm-hmm. business, like, wiped out like that. It's either it's either kind of like sink or swim, right, where it's, it's either we close down or how do we get back up? So how was that conversation after that? You know what? It, it was really hard, bro. I mean, the, I, I can't even remember, like, exactly what happened. I just know it was fucking, it hurt a lot, you know? Um, but one thing I can tell you the, of what we did after that is we went even harder. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, the amount of money that we lost that day, we started making in a month. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So we we're making that every month. And, you know, it was like, and we, and then we looked back at the time. We're like, dude, remember we, well, we made this month. We lost it. And it was like all our savings. So it was like, yeah, it was like, it was, uh, it hurt a lot, but it's almost like, we got to get it even harder now, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And be smarter, too. Like, what, like at the time, I didn't have no cameras. I didn't have nothing, bro. I was just like, I'm such an idiot, bro. I was a fucking We always do year. say, though, 
Imagine that we had that money. Yeah, we always did. Because yeah. that's <laughs> it, it was a big tranche of money, bro. And yeah. I was like, fuck, like, okay, I could fucking go on vacation with this, man. Yeah. And that's but, big, bro, because I feel like a lot of times at the point, right, it's, it's super hard to think, like, well, why is this happening? And, and why does it happen to me, right? But we heard a, a good guy we watch is Ed Milet, right? And he always oh, yeah. says that everything always happens for, for you. you, not to you, right? Yeah. And that's a, a pretty big thing I feel like you guys did that I, that I really mm. like when I hear that story because mm. you had every right, bro, to have been like, yeah. Why the, Why me? Why do us? And we're working so hard, especially the come up story that you guys had mm-hmm. to come up, uh, defy all the odds and stuff and then build it up. And that shit happens, you know, so that, that's badass how you guys came we, up with we, that. I bro. mean, we definitely changed up after that, you know, so it was a gift. It was a gift to prepare for now. Uh, we got rid of some people that were around us and uh, a lot of things changed from there, bro. But. Um, damn, that shit hurt, man. <laughs> it was like a necessary pain that you guys yeah. had to go to. Uh, oh, like man. it hurts in order your, to tighten your everything soul, up. And it ho- hurts your heart because you know that you've you've never done nothing like this to somebody, you know. And it's like I thought everybody we had around us was cool, yeah. you know. And that reality hits, yeah. and some people looking at you like cash cow, like okay, mm-hmm. we can come up on them. Yeah, bro. did you guys ever find out who it was? Never. Never. So you guys had an idea though, kind of. Yeah, kind of know that that I've I've. Got a list, is, yeah, but because <laughs> we know we we've been we've been low key scratching <laughs> names off here and there. So I did want to ask you guys a question too, because you were talking about like limited space when it comes to like shops and yeah. you know getting your brand out there. Are there any politics when dealing with shops or other parts of the industry that you guys deal with to this day? Or there's definitely politics, face? bro. Like some bigger brands can pay, be paying the buyer. You know, the buyer is the main person that you're going to be speaking to and one of the main decision makers at the store. So this person is in charge of procuring the entire shelves, you know, and they're in charge of bringing in the shop. So if you got a good relationship with them, chances are they might bring you on. It's like and knowing the DJ. You're going to get your song exactly, played if you know the yes. DJ. But Yeah, so like if they don't like what you're wearing, then they're not going to fucking bring you on. If you have some deep pockets, you can If you got some deep pockets, the to let them know too. like, hey, you get this commission off off everything you sell or hey you get this trip or hey you got that why wouldn't they bring you on bro so is that something that you guys run into it's, a lot it, where your slots basically no i think out? i think i think because the sort of brand that we are we don't get asked those sort of questions like like we just they wouldn't we're, expect we're given the pass bro We've given, we've been given the past so, so much, like, like to be in Stizzy, you got to pay to play. Like we're real, real cool with them. Like we, we don't pay them anything to be on their shelves. You know, we're, we're, we're blessed to have that relationship with them, Mm -hmm. but it's because we really put in the work, bro. You made those connections. We made those connections and, and, and we're representing something that, that a lot of people want to be a part of. That's cool, bro. And on the same topic of connections, I really want to switch gears to kind of the connections you guys have built, right? Because obviously we said a little bit in the intro about some of the connections you built, some of the partnerships, some of the collaborations. So talk a little bit about the collaborations you guys have had, some of the bigger ones and <laughs> highlights of that. So our collaboration with Cookie, uh, uh, with Cookies, um, I want to say it was like May 2020. Uh, we were already doing good at their branch of stores. I want to say they got something like anywhere from like 10 to 15 stores. And they range all the way from Redding, California, Sacramento, uh, San Bernardino, all the way down to San Diego. Um, and the boy from, from Cookies hits me up and he's like, yo, Albert, what up, man? We really love what you guys are doing. Uh, we want to see what you guys think about doing a co- collaboration. Hmm. And we're like, 
But bro, cookies. Just <laughs> cookies is that big bread. There's a point where Nike, I feel like everybody's rocking like a it's, cookie sweater or like hat. a hat. It's like a cosign, bro. It's like it's like you're a rapper and Drake just hit you up. I feel like that's the cosign though. It's, it's like the, the cosign. Cosign, bro. These are like this is like probably the only cannabis brand that's worldwide. You know, like worldwide. Yeah, you see bro. people Global. like wearing cookies, like shirts, hats, yes. apparel. Like you see Everything. it around. And I'm like, <laughs> let me check my schedule. <laughs> so I told <laughs> let me get guys, back to you real quick. And uh, everything took about like nine months to roll out. But uh, basically, the whole idea was to launch their strains because the way they go about their strains and then the, their naming convention for their strains is like very flavorful. And um, they they knew that our beverage line was doing very good for them, and they wanted to convert their strain names to beverage flavors, and that's when we came out with Medellin, which was like a tropical lemonade, uh, cereal milk, which was everybody's fucking favorite. It that just sounds sort of gas. We did a uh, berry pie, and we also did. But cereal milk, can you tell us a little oh, bit? Oh, cereal about milk. It? Cereal milk was like um, you guys ever had Fruit Loops before? Yeah. Off top. So, so when you're eating Fruit Loops and then you got that milk at the end, and then the milk doesn't taste like milk anymore, it tastes like Fruit, Fruit Loops, Loops milk. Yeah. That's the best part that's, of the whole thing. That's exactly. The I wait what for that part. That's the flavor like, I made. Bro. So Damn. I, made, I made the milk that you know at the end. Oh, uh, so had, good. That they had berry pie and then they had uh, uh, lychee, which was another one of my favorite. But uh, yeah, the collab went on for about a year. Uh, as of, I want to say, like two or three months, the ca- collab is officially over. So it was a lim- limited time. But, you know, we're, we're open to more collabs. <laughs> Jungle Boys and uh, <laughs> Stizzy, we're down. And, uh, you know, uh, but at the same time, it was like going into where the market is now. And the market right now is like everybody's down 40, 50 percent compared to the year before. And if you compare that to like a stock market, bro, if your stock goes down 50%, it's people a stock market crash. People, people are crying, People bro, are jumping like, out the buildings for that. <laughs> right right now, a lot of companies are in survival mode, so they're trimming the fat where they can, you know what I mean? Um, and everybody's doing it, you know? So we're just kind of a, it's almost like brace for impact with this whole economy of how it's going with the, with the industry. And now, you know, we're figuring out new ways in the industry to to continue to be prosperous and effective as a brand so um those are things that we're all working on right now too so i I feel like uh when the economy shapes up a little bit the cannabis industry starts coming back like how he said stizzy jungle boys hit us up you know what i mean so we're we're ready for you guys we we make good flavors and we're down to make uh, all types of things for anybody a little bit about i know obviously you said a little bit of a downturn the cannabis industry is a little bit different right now so how does someone prepare for that and uh talk a little about the future of the cannabis industry Mm, well you know, again, how we, uh, Albert mentioned earlier, we have some business partners that are behind the scenes. And those guys put us on game, bro. Uh, you know, they were telling us they were market, they were ringing the bell, letting us know that we're heading into a recession. Over a year ago. Over a year ago. So, so you guys more so, than enough heads So up. a year ago, yeah, so we, we started We started bracing for impact. We started, uh, you know, if, I, like, I like pretending our stuff, we're, we're, on, we're on a ship, right? We're on the polo boat, right? On the polo boat, what, what's going to weigh you down? It's extra, extra weight unnecessary stuff so those are the first things you kind of like start vetting your company start seeing what really is going to be making you money in the future and what's what's just dead weight Mm. so you start getting rid of the stuff that's you know like products that aren't moving so much that aren't making as much money for you that's what you want to get rid of at first um a couple things is your efficiencies how how efficient are you at doing what you do 
Um, so those are things that we're really honing in right now. Again, I focus on my pasture right now. I'm, I'm working on, on our infrastructure and seeing how I can make the same products I'm doing at a very fast and higher rate um, so we can keep all that money in-house. So, again, Albert can go sell as much as he can right now. doesn't mean we're going to get it in as fast as we, we used to because of how the economy is going. So how are companies going to survive is by making your infrastructure so tight where you're keeping whatever's coming in, you're keeping most of it instead of it letting it come back out. And that's just like a very vague uh, kind of like a stand on, on how to like brace for this this uh, tough economy. But, but there's one of the things that we've seen, bro, is we've seen stores that are seeing 500 people a day go down to like 100 people a day. So that goes to show like people aren't walking into the store that much anymore. And what's going on is like the industry standard is to 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 when when a store places an order you're gonna leave it on terms they want 15 days or 30 days to pay you back and it's almost like you don't have we don't have the leverage we don't have the leverage to say not cod only they could just say okay we can't carry you you know but that 15 day 30 day turns into 40 day 60 day and our cash flow is like tightened up bro so it's like how are we supposed to pay our bills you know and it makes it tough to survive so when like i said i like to see business as as a war so even when working with a store we have to really sit there and say do we really want to work with this store you know because this store could be a landmine this store could drain all of, not all of our money but like this this could could be a leech you know they're gonna want all this support they're gonna want all this thing and they're not gonna want to pay us so what's the point? What's the point of incurring more cost if we haven't incurred the revenue, you know? And that's part of your, like, your boat of seeing what's dead weight, getting rid of even certain stores, even though you've had a relationship with them. Um, if you see that they're going to be dead weight down the line, four months, five months down the line, that they're going to be costing you more money than they're actually going to bring you, then it's something that tough, to, tough conversations to have that Albert has every day. Mm -hmm. But he has to have them, you know? How often are you guys um, cutting certain spots off? Like, is it constantly? So the th it's, like, it's like this, bro. We try our best to not cut you off because we don't want to do that. You know, yeah. it's like the last thing that you want to do. It's the last yeah. thing we want to do, bro. But for example, if you haven't paid us in four weeks and you're letting us know, hey, we can't pay you this week, but maybe next week or, or maybe in two for sure in two weeks we could pay you. That's cool. Well, let us know when we can't pay you so we could get you another order, you know, but it's like those stores that Start don't you. pay you and is radio silence, bro. That's like well, they know. Yeah, they start dipping out like, a little bit. Bro, just talk to us. Let us know what's going on. But I don't know guys. exactly. I think there's a little disconnect right there. We don't know exactly what's going on. And sometimes you think like, did I say something? Did I do anything? Like you could easily just tell me, hey, we can't pay you right now. Can you circle back in a week? Yeah, that's great. Cool. You know, we could do that instead of it creates like this adversarial relationship. And for us, it's like every time we hit you up for our money, it's we got to escalate it a little bit more. We got to we got to put the pressure a little bit more. It can't just be like, hey, guys, how's it going? Just following up on this. Every or you got to send me to every the store. Time, I'll know? just pop up in there for you. Collect your money. I got you. It's hell <laughs> I'll just no. walk in there real quick. You no, can. it's not that easy because like a lot of the stores, they're wiring money. They're not even able to pay you out the out the store. You know, some sometimes there's not even decision makers at the store, bro. So it's it's really hard to get a, a hold of these people right now, sometimes man. but like i said we could pull data we could figure out the owners of the store we could figure out their numbers we could figure out their emails figure out what they live 
Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, big though, bro, because I feel like for the most part, I know for me, right, I, I didn't really have as much of an appreciation for the whole cannabis industry um, before, especially after talking to you guys and kind of figuring out the whole operation. It's a lot more, bro, than just finding a store, going up and say, hey, what's up? Can I put my product oh, yeah, in it's here? It's not that easy. Like, <laughs> it, it's that. And I know before as well, I've kind of seen a little bit about how you guys have been um, – it goes into the metrics of the packaging as well, right? Talk mm-hmm. a little bit about the packaging. Talk a little about how sometimes you have to switch it up to make sure your numbers work out too. Uh, yeah, so so right now one of the things we did is, is get rid of our bigger bulk size products. Um, we have we used to have a 16-ounce. 16 16-ounce 16 glass bottle? Yeah. So it used to weigh two pounds. And we didn't really think about it all the way through when it came time to coming out with this product. But we distro, we distribute this on our own to the insti- entire state and – came to find out our vans were being overloaded we 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 broke like two transmissions one engine and with that you know like that's costing you money you know that's 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 part of that's part of your margins right there and we we've transitioned to that to uh plastic 10 ounce now they weigh less than a pound we're able to fill them faster we're using less ingredients and you're also yielding a lot more so when every time i do a run of production and i'm paying labor dollar on it i'm creating a lot more so it brings your labor dollar down uh we did that to all our products chocolates are now smaller same milligramage you know what i mean you're still gonna get the 100 milligrams because that's a it's a must right but when it comes to raw material when it comes to packaging when it comes to all that stuff you could save every little bit and pass that savings down to the consumer mm-hmm. at the end of the day it's your consumer that is uh feeling affected by this this recession that we're in as well too so you want to help them bring value to their to their life they're going to buy bud anyways right they're either going to go to the illegal market or they're going to go and stay loyal to your brand but how are you going to keep them with your brand with charging a high you know price they're not they're going to leave so you want to bring down that value so you can get back to them mm-hmm. um at the end of the day that's going to be that's a, what our main model has been focused into now uh, we've always been about the people. We've always been about La Familia. La Familia goes so much deeper than just the name, you know? So at the end of the day, you want to create that value for the person. And that's going to come with changing your packaging, changing your look, and doing all that stuff. That's big, bro. Like you said, it's, it's really more of a it, it's a business, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not just like we talked about earlier, man. It's, a, it's an actual business. You have to look at the metrics, the packaging. Mm-hmm. There's so mm-hmm. many stuff that goes into it. So for someone right now, like starting a business like that, man, obviously you guys are seven years deep. What's one piece of advice, probably like, maybe top piece of advice you would give them on starting a business. Now, seven years deep, you guys have had some success that you could give them. Never fucking give up. That was fucking deep, dude. God damn. <laughs> I was like so serious, too. That's because I got, I got, I got it like tattooed on me. That's like, why. Well, never fucking give up. Never you fucking know? give up. Uh, never fucking give up. That's my motto. And that's all I could say. Uh, you know, things are going to happen to you and they're going to feel like a loss. But in reality, you don't know it's a loss until the end so you just got to stay alive the whole point of this is staying alive just stay alive yeah just to add on to what albert says i mean if you if you uh you can look up a whole bunch of youtube videos of self-help and how to run a business and all that and it's true uh if you're gonna do this man you better be in it for the long haul uh don't don't let anything that comes your way sway you in any way of quitting if you're really about business you're gonna get tested tested and tested time and time Mm -hmm. over again if you're really about it, you're going to stay in it. And you need yeah. to stay in it to, to make that's it That's one way I look at things. It's all a test. Mm-hmm. It's all a test. Like, hey, this happened. It's a test, bro. What are you going to do? You know? And that's how I like to look at things, bro. You, you guys have been tested a lot, man. So, obviously, you went over a couple of them here on the podcast. So, what would you say is the biggest test or the biggest challenge you guys have went through that 
did test you, man. That did put you to the edge. We were like, damn, it is about not fucking quitting. That maybe, maybe, maybe made you get that tattoo yeah. on your wrist right there. It was, I think last year we went through our hardest year, bro. You know, like stores weren't paying us. Our bills were piling up. I'll tell you what we did off camera. But uh, we had to come, like you were pinned against the wall. Like, how are you going to pay these people? You, how are you going to pay your Amex? How are you going to pay all these bills? With no fucking money, bro. We don't have investment. We don't have no other outside investment money. We started this company with 10 grand. And that's it. 10 grand, unlimited hours, whole lot of fucking tears, little bit of blood, but uh, a whole lot of heart. You know what I'm saying? But uh, our, our ultimate test was was this past year we always said like we just got to make it past 2022 we just got to make it past 2022 and so far this year's been all right but we 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 don't we don't just like move forward and act like nothing happened bro and your good times make sure you're preparing for your bad times bro mm-hmm. don't walk around like everything's mm-hmm. fucking all jolly i was just talking to you guys about like my emotions and for so long my emotions were tied to my business when my business did good i was fucking happy bro and when my business did bad i was having a bad day but like just like after all that pain that we went through like you don't know if this week is going to be your last you really don't and that was every single week of the year bro every single week you woke up monday we get a flash report every single day from from one of our our business partners he says hey you got to bring in this much money if you want to make it through this this week and it's like fuck we got to bring in this much money how and it's like for the grace of god bro we don't know how we've done it we don't know how we've done it a fucking big ass check came in, made this big ass sale. They paid COD. The store that owed us for six months finally paid us. Like all these things happened, bro. That's why I was telling you, like, we've learned to have this faith because we know that we're not just here just because we're here for a reason. We don't know why. We just know that we're here for a reason and we're here for a purpose, bro. But um, yeah, yeah last year, last year was hard. After all that, yeah, last year was hard. <laughs> I love that, bro. And I think one of the key things that you said as well that I really like is that preparing for worse times, right? Preparing for the bad times because mm-hmm. I think it's super easy in business. If you've been in business a while, a couple of years if at home, you probably kind of experienced this as well. But whenever it's going good, it's super easy to be happy. You, you buy the nice cars. You buy the nice drip. You guys have some nice watches. You maybe buy a nice watch or something, right? But G-Shock, my boy. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's super easy, right? But then when the bad times come, that's when the preparation really gets tested, I feel mm-hmm. like. And you really find out are you really a business owner? Or are you really just someone who wrote all the highs and yeah. and you're like we had to highs. we had to forfeit our pay for for a big part of last year, bro. That's our life. We have kids, we got family. We put, we put all our, of our eggs. Our first. We put all of our eggs in this basket, and there's nothing wrong with putting all of your eggs in one basket. Just make sure nobody touches that shit. <laughs> Kobe said that. You know, quote me on that. Shout out Kobe. But, uh, has there have there, has there ever been a time, bro, on that same topic where? You guys couldn't pay yourself, and you had to pay your employees or the yeah, people that was, else. That was all, all the last time. Year, bro. That was all, all last the time. All last year, we didn't get paid for a good amount of the months, man. Mm-hmm. They were just like, "Hey, next week we'll give you money," and I'm just like, "I'm, t- I'm looking at my girl, I'm like, babe, we got to go through our savings again," <laughs> and she's over here looking at me like, "Are you sure this is right?" And you know, shout out, thank you, baby, for staying by me, you know, through this past year and helping me out. But um, and you question it, and you get tested. Yeah, she she was like, oh. just you know, but she's still like on board 100 percent with me, so. It's good to have that partner at home too, you know, to uh, mm-hmm. back you up whenever times get tough. So, um, 
Yeah, we, we had to forfeit some money, bro, last, last year. Mm-hmm. That's big, bro. And another key thing you mentioned, bro, is having a supportive spouse or significant other, right? Mm-hmm. So I know some people at home as well, going back to the people at home watching, um, they probably went through the same thing, right? Where they have a spouse where maybe they were supportive, maybe they weren't supportive of their dreams, right? So talk a little bit about how you can get your spouse supportive mm-hmm. of your dreams, bro, because I know that having a spouse not supporting your dreams, it's probably not the easiest thing in the world, right? Where yeah. you're, you come home super amped up, you know, Edgar and Albert come home and you're fucking fired up. You just came from the kitchen, right? And you come home and they ask you, hey, how much money did you make today? How much do we have in the account? Mm-hmm. Fuck, that's the question you don't want to answer sometimes, right? So how do you get them on your side and on that same level? Uh, you want to go first? Or? Hell no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Me, my girl, my, my girl, man, she, she, so she's, she's seen, she sees, I, I tell her all the great successes we have. And when things were going, when things were starting to turn, to turn uh, south last year, I was being uh, fully open with her and letting her know what's going on. You know what I mean? So um, her seeing the, 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 the collab with Cookies, her seeing all the new products we were dropping last year, her seeing all the growth has given her, you know, that vision too, right? Not only every day, I'm, I'm continuously just keeping her in the loop with stuff, right? So when things get bad, I, it's just all education for me in my, in my house, you know? So if I educate her and let her know where this company's going to be at, you know, and where we started from and to where we are now, she's all game for it, you know? But at the same time, when things started hitting, getting rocky, she still looks at me like for like, are you sure? And I'm that like, look. yeah, I'm sure. Just, just look. It's just like still like, you know, at the end of the day, I, she knows that I got her and I, I know she got me, you know, so it's uh you definitely got to pick them out good out the gate. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> well, my girl is his girl's cousin. Yeah, really? Yeah, I introduced yes. him. Yes. Yeah. So you guys are a lot familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Much, well, yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> so our kids, our kids are related. Yeah. They're cousins. You know, and uh, well, my girl, she ended up working for us. So she started off in production. She she worked in distribution for a little bit. And right now she does the collections. And she's been doing the collections for like the last year or so. And she knows exactly what's going on, you know. And and sometimes, you know, she looks at me with a lot of worry and and, and you know, I just I just gotta let her know, like, hey, this is this is what we have to go through. There's no other way around this. This is what we have to go through. And I always tell her, like, our success is gonna come through sacrifice. Like, this is what it's going to cost. And success, bro, is going to charge you every single fucking thing you got up front. And the fucking results are not guaranteed, bro. And that's the thing about success, you know. And if you really want to win, you got to fucking pay up. Crazy part, bro, is you might might not always have the money to pay up for success, right? But it's kind of that, mm-hmm. like you talked about, blind faith, making sure that mm-hmm. you have your vision, you painted your vision, you painted your vision not only to yourself, your team, but but your spouse and your family as well, right? And I feel like that's really what keeps you going when you don't experience that success in the beginning. But it's going to cost you more than money, bro. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you family time. It's going to cost you some relationships. It's going to cost everything you got sometimes, you know? And it's like, that's when it comes, when, you, when you're going to ask your question, like, fuck do i really want to do this and like if you do pay the price you know and if the people love you bro they know what you're on man they're gonna stick with you and if they don't they're not meant for you bro that comes with the the in the beginning of the podcast we talked about breaking that chain i give that that speech to my girl all the fucking time I'm like babe we're breaking the chain right <laughs> you know so you know that that family time you're gonna sacrifice it bro my son always tells me papi i want to like go play soccer with you and i'm like i can't i'm working but he knows, you know what I mean? And now he's starting to get it too, you know? He's um, about to be 10 this year, so 
He's in a, he's already starting to see he's going growing into those those uh you know the other day I took him to work and then uh you know to the the warehouse where we keep all the raw material. One of the employees was taking a lunch break on and they were on their phone. He's like, Bobby, why why are they on their phone? Like, <laughs> so I'm all like, all right, cool. Like he's already you know, kind of seeing the things, but I'm breaking that chain, bro. You know what I mean? And um, I give that speech to my girl all the time, so she's starting to see how it's going to, and then my son, I'm starting to see him evolve to that same level too. So. It's like you guys said, bro. Someone yeah. has to do it, right? Yeah. And there's always that one person in the in the family tree that does it. Mm-hmm. But why not you, right? I think that's a mm-hmm. question you got to ask yourself at home, and we ask ourselves, you know, probably at the same time. Yeah. And you guys don't know, like you guys too, bro. Like you guys inspire so many people around you, and we do too. And you don't even know it. You don't even know who, because they're not gonna come up to you and say you're inspiring me, bro. They're not gonna do <laughs> yeah. that. But in reality, is like, fuck, Albert could do it. Fuck, Edgar could do it. Fuck, these guys could do it. Maybe I can do it. And the truth is you can do it, bro. That's the truth, you know? It's scary as fuck, but if you're able to get past that, man, you could do it, man. That's kind of like what opened opened up my eyes because the owner of G Farm was like this big guy, like big guy, like 400 plus pounds. <laughs> I was like, bro, that guy could do it. I thought we were talking about the pockets. Like you said the pounds. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> right. Pockets too. That's what I'm saying, you know? Yeah, but motherfucker like, had money. I said, yo, that guy could do it. I could do it. And that's kind of like what pushed me over the edge because growing up, you don't see success. Well, I grew up in Inglewood. We didn't see success, bro. I, I didn't see success until I saw that guy. I said, fuck, that guy owns a shop. Fuck, that guy owns a brand. I bet I could do that, you know? Mm-hmm. And it worked out, man. Have you, have, have, do you think you guys have always had that mentality? Like, you've seen someone else do it, and you thought, man, like, that guy can do it, but I can do it, not, if not even better. Uh, I had that with my older brother. You know, my older brother was, like, my main competition. <laughs> if he, whatever he was doing, I wanted to do it, too, and I wanted to, like, kind of just, I was always competing with him, you know? And so I still remember I was working at In-N-Out right out of high school, and I was like, man, my older brother's talking shit about me. He's like, I'm like, I graduated. I used to wrestle. I used to do everything he did or whatever, and then... One of my coworkers, he's trying to enjoy his lunch. He's like, puts his burger down. He's like, why do you compare yourself to him, man? There's so much more in life that you could be doing. And, you know, you got to uh, chase your own dreams. Mm. Damn, what it. the fuck? At, like, the, at the In-N-Out break room, we I'm got Tony like, Robbins. Yeah, yeah, hey, like, put his burger it. down. Bro, his name is Jimmy. To this day, I'm like, fucking Jimmy gave me the best. Because I would preaching. always follow my brother, bro. Mm. And then when he told me that, I was like, He's fucking right. What the fuck am I chasing this motherfucker for? I love you, whatever, my brother. But, <laughs> but I, I, I started doing my own thing after that, right? So Jimmy from In and Out, man, he just wanted to eat his lunch. I'm pretty sure he just trying to like <laughs> trying to shut, shut you up. me up. But it was some advice <laughs> that I'll never forget. Touch your life and fucking yep. put his burger. Changed it. Just gave me like another path. Like it just opened shut- up for me. Shout out to Jimmy at In and Out, man. Yeah, you helped yeah. create this multi-million dollar. <laughs> hey, he went to go start company. on Jimmy John's. <laughs> <laughs> so people at home, if they're they're wanting to try your, some of your guys' products, what's like the top three products you would say they have to try, must try? So if you guys want to try out our stuff, you guys can search us on Weed Maps. Search Product of Los Angeles. And on there, you can find the nearest retailer to you, um, either delivery or you can find a store to pull up in. And uh, if you're going to try an agua fresca, you're going to have to try our, our horchata flavor, 100 milligrams, nano-infused. Uh, nano-infused products are going to hit you uh, faster. So typically edibles are going to hit you between 40 minutes to an hour. Nano-infused edibles can hit you at the 15-minute to 20-minute oh, mark. Shit. And your body absorbs a lot more of it.